Welcome. I'm Kevin Miller, and this podcast is called Self Helpful because not all self help is helpful. I'm your curator, critic, and translator of the best and brightest minds in the self help world today. Eight understandings of the Stoic to find harmony in a world of chaos. In our series here on Stoicism, I kept coming back to the aspect of control, controlling our emotions, controlling our reactions, controlling our internal world so as to not be controlled by the outer world. It's a valid perspective, but then I was reminded that I don't actually want control in and of itself any more than I want money. I want money for what it can hopefully buy me. Likewise, I just want what control can hopefully afford me. And the word that surfaced was harmony. I often find myself saying, I want peace, but I struggle with that sounding like I just want life to be easy and stress-free, which is not the case. I want the trials and challenges that are so fulfilling to overcome. I want the hero story. But within the ups and downs, I want to feel a balance and a rhythm that I understand. And what control at the end is hopefully going to give me is harmony. A definition of harmony I greatly appreciate is an interweaving of different accounts into a single narrative. Our daily life in this world is made up of different accounts of so many things. The stoic way of life is a life devoted to a commitment to a single narrative amongst all those accounts, a narrative that makes sense to you, but don't get caught up even in the word stoic. It's an example of a clarified and committed mindset and a way of life. You don't have to give your way of life that you decide upon a name necessarily, but to find success, you will want to decide upon what that way of life is and have it clearly defined. Friends, thank you for tuning in. This self-helpful podcast was founded through the Zig Ziglar Corporation. And this June 15, 16 of 2023, I'll be in Dallas to attend and speak at the Ziglar Coach Summit. If you're looking to influence people for the better professionally or personally, I invite you to join us. First 10 people who register and say you heard about the event from me, I'll take you to dinner. Go to Ziglar, Z-I-G-L-A-R.com slash Coach Summit. This podcast exists to help you find and understand the guidance and counsel that will help you elevate your personal experience and the way you show up for others. Following these sponsors who help make the show possible and provide great resources for your life, I bring you my thoughts and a summary on our series with Tanner Campbell and Stoicism, which he shares daily in his popular podcast. I encourage you to check out Practical Stoicism. Eight understandings of the Stoic to find harmony in a world of chaos. Number one, it's not about right or wrong. We're not talking about a way of life that you then judge others against. This is what you judge yourself by, in essence. It's a self-judgment, not an other people judgment. The only foundation, though, that we will uphold is that this way of life is something that is serving the greater good, which we'll talk about more in just a moment. But taking this way of life that you decide upon and judging others by it, which folks I am uh, chief center of, I have done that in my life. I strive to not do that in my life. Uh, And that's what's 
hurt religion is people doing that same thing, judging others against what they deem to be right or wrong. This is not about right or wrong uh, out and judging others. This is about you. There is a foundation of it being best for the greater good and not just for you if it harms others, especially on the way. So there is uh, an aspect of, again, you know, virtue to this, but it's not about right or wrong. Number two, the greater good. And we talked about this in all the shows so far, led off the first show with Tanner Campbell talking about the spiritual aspect of this. It's hard, I believe, to clarify and commit to a way of life and virtue if there's not something to base that on. Where does virtue come from? It is the foundation here that we're talking about. And remember, virtue is a behavior showing high moral standards. Do you have high moral standards? Do you want high moral standards? If that's an unclear term, I'd encourage you to research that. What does that mean to you? Morals, ethics, goodness, virtue. What is that? And what do you want it to be for you? What are you going to adhere to that then is the rudder that guides you? And is it something that you see is serving the greater good all around you, which does serve you as opposed to just a self-serving aspect? Number three, internal locus of control. An internal locus of control means that control comes from within, such as you have personal control over your behavior. You may not have control over your initial emotions and feelings. It's not bad to feel anger or sadness or any disgust, anything, but you want to then be able to control the behavior that you have as an outcome. So very much the stoic way. And I think any solid way of life that's going to serve you and humanity is going to be based on an internal locus of control, which is very common amongst self-help all across the board. And yet it's the hardest thing for us to do. We're talking about not letting the external world, the circumstances of your day, control your inner world. There is a book by Tom Rath. He's famous for the book Success 2.0, and it's called Fully Charged. And he looked at people who had a good day and what that meant. And it was usually happenstance. Gosh, the day is good because somebody gave me coffee. It was good because my boss was nice or my employees did what I wanted them to do or all these things that we can't necessarily control. And he looked at a good day that the essence of it are are things that we can control. And it's this, our internal locus of control. Number four, you do still feel. Uh, We hit that and Tanner talked about that being the small s stoicism, just controlling your emotions. And there is, and we're using this word control, uh, but, you know, being in charge of your emotions, but doesn't mean not feeling them. Just like I mentioned a minute ago, it's talking about how you behave as a result. We can dictate that, but it doesn't mean not feeling. And that is often what stoicism gets wrapped around. It's the stoic man specifically that we, uh, that we uh, have a perspective of that has no feeling. And that's not what we're talking about. If you're going to be healthy, you need to feel. I should know. I've spent a lifetime not feeling enough, not giving uh, credence to my emotions. You're human. You need to feel anger and sadness. You need to feel all of Brene Brown's 87 feelings that she goes through in her book, Atlas of the Heart, and understand them 
to understand yourself and to be healthy inside. Again, this is one of my primary journeys personally, but it's not letting them control you and it's questioning them. This is what I feel. Why do I feel? And trying to reconcile that. All right. But you do still feel number five. We're talking about character. This is going to be built around the character that you want, the mental and moral qualities distinctive to you as an individual is part of a definition. If you think about character, sometimes it's hard to think about ourselves. Gosh, what character do I have? What do I want? Think about the people in your life. It's their character. It's who they really are. It's what they're about that draws you to them or repels you from them. So it may be easier to look around at the people and go, man, who are the people that I trust? They are likely depicting character that builds trust, the character that you want. And you can ask yourself the other, the other side, who are people that I don't trust and why? And that will probably lean towards some character issues with them, or at least some that you perceive that you don't line up with. And that's a way to look at character and trust is a primary part of good character. Those who are exhibiting what we would call good character, virtuous character are people that you're going to trust. And of course, those who don't are people you do not trust. Look at that. It'll help you figure out what you want your character to be wrapped around and embody that. Number six, that term again, this is a way of life. This is a way of life that you're looking at clarifying. This is the way of life that you want to have. A great way to think about that is I'm the kind of person who, and then look back at those aspects of character who does the right thing, who does the right thing, no matter who's looking. Uh, I am the kind of person who, and you can look at morals and ethics. You can type this stuff in, do a little research on morals and ethics and create your own list. And I'm the kind of person who you can look at the, if you type in the Ziegler wheel of life, it's what I follow in all my part two shows, my series with people, my guests, when I look at their values, motives, and habits, I'm following the Ziegler wheel of life. You can look at that and say, gosh, in this area of spirituality, of relationships, of money, of work, and on and on, I'm the kind of person who, and how do you want to see yourself acting in those behaving, believing, and I'm that kind of person. This is the way of life that you are saying. And then you can get even externally focused. I'm the kind of person who exercises or is an athlete or who eats well, or who uh, does this activity, or who is interested in this. And honestly, uh, my book, my upcoming book, it's called What Drives You. You can find it on Amazon. We haven't promoted it a whole lot. It's, it's there for pre-sale, but it walks you through the key areas of life and helps you understand what are your values. That's what your way of life is going to be around if you clarify and commit to it. Otherwise, you will go with the flow, shift with the sand. Number seven, primary part of stoicism, life is contextual. Man, this is something that we talk about so often in the shows with so many influential, wise people. Life is contextual. We don't inherently believe that. We don't inherently believe that. You can hear it and nod to it. But what we experience, what you experience today, you experience as fact, as reality. What I experience today, me, Kevin, what I experience initially is fact and reality. And it's only through awareness, and I'm going to say wisdom, that we gain increasingly the ability to step back then 
not discount ourselves and our initial emotions again, but to step back and go, okay, X happened. An objective reality happened. I had a fender bender, whatever it may be. Experience it, but it's really hard to experience it in an unbiased and truly authentic way. That's what a robot would do. We are not robots. And we have filters that we experience life through. So life is contextual. Realize that for yourself and others, that something happens and you perceive it differently. Again, get away from right or wrong and find grace for yourself and for others. Consider how they may be perceiving it and that it's not wrong or bad. And same thing with yourself, but also consider that it's not truth. And this is not a Pollyanna be in denial. If somebody murders somebody else in cold blood out in the street, uh, you know, it's not a good thing. But even there, when we vilify things that we see to realize, man, that was a hurting person doesn't excuse them. But it's so amazing how in our culture we see somebody commit what we would call a a poor act, a heinous act even, and then we vilify them. And what they did came from their vilification of someone else. They saw something, they deemed it wrong, bad. They reacted out of their own hurt and pain, vengeance, whatever, and they did X. And it's amazing how we then in turn turn towards them and do the same thing without having some understanding, some consideration, some grace. Me too, guys, I do this. And again, it's not to excuse it. They may have a consequence and need a consequence, but to watch out and to understand life is contextual. Kind of that hurt people, hurt people, hurting people, hurt people. John 8 to 7 in the Bible is always convicting to me. It's a story about Jesus with a woman that, the people were condemning and he comes down beside her as the story goes and says, whoever is without sin, they were going to stone her, throw stones till she died. Whoever's without sin, throw the first stone and everybody walked away. I come back to that time and time again, that I never really have a stone to throw. Doesn't mean that I don't have a boundary that somebody doesn't need a consequence. They, They may, they may, but for me to vilify them is dangerous. And number eight, belief and decisions. And this is very much a part of what I just talked about, but I've separated it out. Anyways, we experience life, this contextual life based upon our beliefs, many of which we didn't choose. We just came into. And from that, we make decisions often make poor decisions, but our belief comes from what we value. Again, often we're not clear on it, but it's what we have embraced unconsciously what I'm calling us to now is to consciously understand our values. Again, this is what my book, what drives you comes from or is about goes through. But when we're unclear on our values, it's hard to make decisions. So if you're struggling with decisions, you may want to look at what do I value? Again, who am I? I'm the kind of person who X, what are my values and virtues? What is my way of life? In our first talk together, Tanner Campbell, Tanner Campbell said, we're all little decision-making machines. Every decision we make, it lines up with our virtue and our character. And often we're not aware of it. And so it waffles back and forth. All right, friends, I hope this gives you some clarity on what a way of life looks like and mainly what you want your way of life 
to look like and that you continue to think on it, I'd encourage you to get pen and paper or hands to keyboard or voice to it. Uh, audio file, whatever it may be, and talk through, think through, write through. What is your way of life? What are your virtues? What are your values? This wraps up the series on stoicism and this commitment to a way of life. As always, I'll continue talking about it. It'll overlap in other shows. Uh, thanks again to Tanner Campbell. I do encourage you to check out his daily podcast, Practical Stoicism, even to put more understanding of the concept behind this. Thanks to Tom Ziegler for discussing the topic with me in the previous episode, number 1147. And thank you for tuning into this self-helpful podcast where I strive to help you and me elevate our personal experience and the way we show up for others. Stay driven, my friends. Most Americans at New Year's are thinking about improving their health and losing some weight. In regards to eating, the feeling is generally it's going to cost more money, more stress and effort, and you got to eat bland food. Well, a solution to all these is HelloFresh. Uh, HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You skip trips to the grocery store. You can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's literally number one meal kit. You can make saving time a viable resolution with quick, convenient recipes. They're delivered right to you. You just choose your meals and select your delivery date. And HelloFresh handles the meal planning and shopping. So you just open your weekly box of pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step -step recipes and you're cooking quickly with ease and joy. My family loves HelloFresh. We just open the box, follow the recipes and have something new and interesting and good for us. It's become one of our family's favorite activities together. So go to HelloFresh.com slash drive free. And use code drive free for free breakfast for life. You get one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash drive free with code drive free. HelloFresh, it's America's number one meal kit.